finds Draymond Green, reads to the basket, kicks it out of Godala. Thompson for three. Bang! Clay Thompson from downtown. It's a six-point lead. Timeout Rockets. A stunned Toyota Center crowd has watched a seven-point fourth-quarter lead. Turn into a six point yo, 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 guys, what is up? And welcome back to another episode of the Game 6 Clay Podcast. It has been a minute, but it's your boy Gotham with my boys Matt and Chuck. Brothers, welcome back. How are we doing? It's been a minute. Um, missed, uh, missed that intro, man. It's been a while since I hit him with the yo, yo, yo. But I, I don't know <laughs> if I, it's, uh, it's, it's the intro that my stat just got used to it. But I like it. Let me know, guys, how you think about the intro if you want to change. But... Uh, before we get into everything, guys, how we doing, man? It's been a minute. I know, dude. A lot's been happening. Uh, a lot almost, of last stuff. Almost sliced my finger off. Uh, the queen died. Uh, you know, generational Twitter days, man. That was yeah. Uh, you know, a whole lot of other fun NBA stuff that I don't want to talk about. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, it's it's been a lot. But you know, we're back here. We're back talking dubs. Uh, Nothing's changed. Uh, Warriors are still champions last year, so we still got that. Um, but yeah, how we doing, Matt? Yeah, doing good, man. It has been too long. I wanna, uh, I gotta give Gotham some shit for a second for acknowledging his own catchphrase. I don't know <laughs> what the rules are on that, but I don't, I don't know if you're allowed to do that. I, I, I don't um, know, man. But I just want to <laughs> know: is it you guys like it? Let's should we keep it changing? Uh, new season, new catchphrase. Who knows? You know, we, we get some new stuff coming. Who I just feel like you if Superman was decide. like truth, justice, in the American way. I said it again. Yeah, I'm a I, like guy, yeah, guy, I mean, guy, I don't know guy, how it would go, man. Uh, but I love it, man. It's good to hear your voice. It's good to hear Chuck's voice. Uh, I'm ready to get back into some Dubs talk, man. We're five weeks away, I think, from, train, or from the season starting. Is that right? 40 days or something like that. Mm-hmm. 40 days, yep. man. It's, it's the three of us and Moses, dude. Or, or who is it? Noah? Yeah. That's the wrong guy. Yeah, 40 days and 40 nights, man. We're, we're going to get through it, dude. There's no, uh, no oh, elephants. That's all right. There yeah. There we go. I mean, yeah, man, it's been a while. Um, missed, like you said, man, missed, missed hearing you guys. Um, it's always fun for us. I know getting on and uh, talking doves. And, uh, you know, I feel like we'd be remiss to not uh, even talk about this summer, um, you know, leading up to this, you know, repeat run that we got, this championship, uh, without the man that was behind all of it. Um, Steph Curry, what a generational summer. Um, I think that it's been incredible. It's been the year of Steph. The guy won um, pretty much every single – award you could in the NBA um, capped it off with his first finals MVP fourth championship um, graduated from college uh, and now about to sign a billion dollar contract with armor under armor excuse me um, what a what a time for Steph and I honestly uh, I want to get into it more but I don't know if I can think of a guy at least barrier sports wise that we've seen that has had this kind of an impact and just a guy that deserves all the recognition he's getting uh, and Steph Curry, but Matt, Charlie, what what are your thoughts on just everything that's been going on with Steph recently? Um, and just I'm down to start off with just a little Seth homage. You know, the guy the guy deserves it for everything he's given us. Yeah, definitely been year of Steph, man. Like you said, uh, he's been he's been crushing it on the court, off the court. Uh, I think it's really cool. Just that stamp, you know, seeing that kind of figure being put on like this guy's value. Uh, it's so crazy. Like even if it's, you know, a lifetime deal and, you know, hopefully we got a lot of years left of Steph Curry, but like, it's just so cool seeing him be acknowledged for the level of star that he is uh, not only for what he does on the court, but uh, the way he just draws people in, you know, like so many people are just attracted to that kind of stardom. And uh, you know, it's, it's rarefied air for guys who uh, get that sort of deal. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, dude, I you really can't say enough about um, having an athlete who actually is just a good, cool dude while being, you know, at various points over the last five, six, seven years, the best player or the best at what he does in the entire planet. Uh, you really can't say enough about how cool that is. So uh, well-deserved. There's been plenty of jokes the last, you know, week since this uh, information, a couple of days since the information came out about how Under Armour does not do a great job of advertising Steph. So I hope they step that stuff up. Um, but, you know, this is good. If the guy, the guy's already set up for life, his family set up for, you know, three, four, five generations, what he's done so far and what he's doing off the court. Um, but well-deserved. I hope it leads to a greater appreciation for a guy who, uh, even after a title remains underappreciated, I think, uh, in a way that I don't think most athletes are or even could be. 
Um, you know, not, not to transition this into like a, a player ranking debate, but you just, they're starting to pop out, right? It's that time of the year where uh, we're doing player rankings, ESPN's doing their Sports Illustrated, so on and so forth. Um, and you already know, I, if, if I see Steph top three, I'll be kind of surprised for a lot of these. You know, a lot of these guys are talking like, um, you know, like it's an obvious Luca or Kawhi or whoever else uh, head of staff. And that's not to say, you know, I like ranking players. It's fun. It's a good time, right? It's a good little thought exercise sometimes. But, um, you know, the guy can do a thing that no one has done in a long time and dominating the finals like that, especially as a small guard. No one's done that since, I mean, D-Wade, I guess, right? D-Wade was a little bigger than Steph, not as big as people think, but still a big dude um, or a small dude. And it's just this guy has done – he just is the most incredible athlete in the NBA right now. I think for what he's doing at his age, how he's dominating, and you can't just say enough about um, this deal. This deal reflecting that. So, hope the guy continues to get more and more appreciation because we do not appreciate Steph Curry enough. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree, man. I think with with Steph, it's such an interesting like profile of an athlete that, at least as a Bay Area sports fan, that growing up, you know, we had uh, you know Barry Bonds as uh, as kind of that guy, that guy obviously Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, but to see a guy like Steph Curry, who where the Warriors have been like the Bay Area's team and for him to cement himself as not only the greatest athlete in the Bay, like I feel like in Bay Area sports history, but the way his climb is going in terms of just setting his like all-time legacy up um, is incredible. Like you, it's once in a generation kind of stuff that you see and the fact that he plays for our, like our team and has been here and we've seen him grow through the ups and downs, reaching that, that superstar level. Um, now this all time great stuff that we're seeing um, and rightfully deservedly. So I think for Steph at least, and uh, as we kind of transition into the later part of his career that we're going to be witnessing, it's really, everything is just icing on the cake at this point of, of really co- like just crafting that perfect legacy. And when I see, like you said, Matt, with the, with the rankings of people coming out with it and uh, you know, ranking Steph wherever they do. Um, I just think it's funny because you know, the, they counted him out the last two years. The last two and a half years came back on the chip. Well, first year when they were all when they were all healthy and on the back of Steph. Um, it, it's funny how everybody. I feel like with Steph Curry, it's a uh, it, it's it's more so finding ways to discredit him than anything else. And for him to just continually be like, you know what, just watch this, read it and read, motherfuckers. Like I can, I'm gonna keep adding on to this. There's no reason why Steph can't continue to add to his legacy um, with a just the way he's still being able to play. But also the way the team's set up, um, they they are contending for a championship not only this year, but at least until Steph's you know contract runs up in, in three four years. So they have the opportunity to really, um, I don't want to say validate because I feel like Steph Curry's already validated as an all time great, but really just cement that all time MJ esque career that um, we are currently we're getting to witness from Steph Curry. So I mean I think it's incredible. I, I, I'm excited to see what what Steph's able to do in in year what is it about to be 13, 14? 15, 2009, 14? right? So yeah, something like that. Um, yeah. But just the thing, he's got four year, four four rings already. Um, chance to add, add to that. Um, just climbing up the all time greats. It's it's really a once in once in a lifetime thing, and it, they, I, I feel I want people to uh, acknowledge that and see it's kind of it, you don't get this that often. It's a once in a generation kind of thing, and um, I get the hate. I get people trying to you know talk shit about stuff and. Uh, I, you know, the, the discrediting I just don't get, man. It's just I, I mean, got to stop as a whole. I, I don't get it. I get it in terms of people just wanting to sound like they they're smarter than they actually are, like the fake <laughs> bullshit that yeah. we see nowadays. Like I get it. Like you want to try and act cool. Maybe you have like the you look back in six months and you had you actually had a tweet that you know called Steph Curry like not nah, whatever. And it's like, all right, whatever, man. You what we've seen is greatness. What we are going to be able to see for the rest of his career is going to be greatness. So. <laughs> Um, at this point, there's nothing that people say against the Warriors and at this at Steph. I think I think they've cemented themselves as who they are. Um, they they don't have to, anything left to prove. And now that's what like now this brings me to the icing on the cake, which is this upcoming season um, and 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 beyond. So I think it's uh, this off season has been great, and I think uh, nobody other than Steph Curry deserves uh, deserved the recognition that he got this this year and this summer. There's there's no one, man. So. Uh, I think God, you kind of transitioned to that, that Rolling Stones article where, you know, Steph, yeah. Steph was, you know, a number of things he said. He talked about, he just, it was a Rolling Stones article, so it wasn't just hoops, but he brought up the Kevin Durant stuff in the summer. And um, I'm not going to say revealed, because I think Marcus Thompson wrote about this earlier in the summer, but I think kind of confirmed that, you know, MT, or c- confirmed what MT said about the Warriors entertaining a Kevin Durant trade. 
uh, and the, uh, the core guys being open to it. Um, I wasn't super surprised by this. I mean, I was, I was, uh, shocked by the kind of like the vigor with, with which Steph spoke, just kind of like the hell yeah aspect. But he also kind of tailors that with the idea of like, Hey, the idea of playing with Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins is also a hell yeah. That sounds great. You know what I mean? So he was excited. And of course I thought it was cool that, um, I thought it was really cool that he stuck up for Kitty the way he did. That's just, again, goes to show who Steph is. That was really sweet. That was, I, I mean, sweet, like badass, not like what a sweet guy, but yeah. also sweet <laughs> kindness as well. All right. He was sweet. So that's, a sweet <laughs> that's a sweet guy from all I, all I hear, man. Um, but he, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. I mean, I think I don't feel the same way about Katie necessarily, but you know, I don't know Katie personally, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, the Warriors franchise guy is Steph Curry, then he's taking care of everybody. You know what I mean? He finds a way to not, this guy can say, yep, I'm open to trading you, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, but also I love you guys all at the same time. <laughs> I just believe it. You know what I mean? I believe that he's being sincere and I'm like, you know what? Steph might have said he wanted to trade me, but I don't think he meant it because he loves me. You know what I mean? That's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Through, so <laughs> yeah, no, I so. um, well said. I wasn't, like I said, wasn't surprised. Um, I'm, I'm glad they didn't pull the trigger on it. To be clear, I like the Warriors roster mostly as it is. And we'll obviously get into that a little more later. But um, I wasn't surprised by it. Were you guys surprised or caught off guard? Or what were your, your main reactions to that? Because again, mine was mostly just, oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't think it was ever that feasible. I think, you know, we kind of saw it early on. Like with this whole Brooklyn thing, KD was all over the map. We didn't really know where he stood. The fact that he had an extension kicking in right at the start of the season didn't give him a whole lot of leverage. And yeah, I think the Warriors, like if <laughs> with with the way Brooklyn approached it, like I think I think it was all it was all cooked when uh, Minnesota made the trade for Gobert, which every, you know the Nets seemed pretty insistent on not coming in at less than that price because they don't want the embarrassment of you know, haha, look, you guys got less for Kevin Durant than Rudy Gobert. And that's and, totally fair. <laughs> like, and, yeah. And not only is that fair, but like it's especially given where KD is right now. Like if you bring this whole team together, you somehow fix what's going on in the locker room enough to like get some sort of team cohesion. You get Ben Simmons back on the floor. Like they're a championship contender. You know, like that's the whole weird thing about this situation. So I think they were in a position where they said, Hey, blow me away or this isn't going to happen. And it sounds like they basically just asked the warriors for everything they had. And that's not a price they're willing to pay. So. And I, I echo what you said of saying, you know, like I respect Steph for being like open to doing all of these things and saying, you know, Hey, you know, I love you guys. I love being with you guys, but you guys might be out the door if, you know, Kevin Durant comes calling, but ultimately I think, I think it's the right call to stay away if it's going to, you know, totally clean out the cupboard to bring in KD because we just saw this team win a championship as is, and they're not going to lose really that whole much of the, the core pieces of the roster from last year. And if anything, they'll be able to play a lot more. So I don't really see any. Reason. And Mac McClung. <laughs> uh, Dude, why'd you do that? I gotta eat. Nah, it was a beautiful yeah, end to that uh, that thing. But no, I'm with you. I think it more so as talks like like just Steph's personality as a, like as just a, as a teammate that you hear. It's, it's all real. Um, but I think also it was just a, it was just an easy out for Steph to be like he had no like no like nothing held him back from you know talking about that for KD because in that article itself he was like I think like KD was being like, being like a little misunderstood, blah blah blah. But he goes on to say like I also think KD had just a, a wrong picture of where he was trying to go because he brought up how the Phoenix and I think he brought up Phoenix and Boston in that article and he was like yeah KD wanted to go there but it wouldn't be the same teams that he was trying to go to you know so I think Steph also knew that you know for what how what to give up would to get KD and that was and they you know it basically you have a championship winning team with the guys that you're giving up. So um, I think Steph, I, I will obviously, I'm not, I have no, uh, no nose into the ears of Steph Curry. I don't know what he's thinking, um, but it just seemed like it was an easy cop out for him to be like, you know, we weren't going to actually make the move, but I love playing with KD um, and we can win a championship. We just did. And I think he said that in the nicest way possible with like the two hell yeahs where he's like, we could, we could win it with the roster as contract. I think, 
as knowing like this type of competitor that he is, I feel like that he, he's like, you know, I can run the shit back. And I think he was just being a nice guy. was like, I think what I comes know. into it though, is like with the competition aspect, like Steph actually has nothing to lose at this point. Like he he's to any no, reasonable KD, mind. KD, he actually made has the move done. for KD. Like legacy wise, like I, I, I brought it up. Like the only two people in the league right now that are cemented are Steph and LeBron and guys like Giannis, KD, Luca. I'm not assuming not Luca, Kawhi. Like these guys are obviously all all time greats. I mean, winning championships will do that for your legacy. But you're talking about entering like the greatest of the great, like the highest echelon of NBA superstardom and the eliteness of like the history of the NBA. And there, KD is not there. And if he came back to play with Steph, I'm sorry, like it, he's one two without you, man. Like that, that's no debate. There's no high. That's kind of thing. KD, KD couldn't say the thing Steph just said. Like if the Brooklyn Nets would trade for and, Steph, which hope God, that's you know, what, that's talk about Armageddon that's scenario, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. Katie, Katie couldn't say that stuff, man, which is just like, it's just interesting that Steph is so comfortable in like, in whatever he says, right? There's no, better man to the me guy's now. got I'll no insecurities, man, it seems like, like at least, yeah, for real, man. You mentioned small balls, like, man, Hey, man, you couldn't win without dude, so. me. You still want to come over? Like, Cruz, bro, then come, come back if you really need some help. Like, come back, but Steph's a nice guy. I I, I got to give it to him. But um, I, I think it was a, it was a great end to the, the offseason season. Sorry, because the KD news took a pretty much a brunt, a, a big chunk of the offseason. You know, like that was, I Dude, feel like we had season. the whole offseason. We were talking about just a bunch of stuff. So, uh, and all talking about KD and trades. Um, but speaking of, man, it's, 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 we have the team. Now we know what we're running back with uh, for the most part with training camp coming up. Um, thoughts, man. What, what are we feeling? So, training camp invites are Alfred Payton. Uh, I'm going to get his name wrong. Rondé Hollis Jefferson and who else we got there? Ben Macklemore and fourth guy, Chuck. Go. Though I don't think they're training camp invites, are they? There's workout. They're workouts. Yeah, they're workouts. Okay. Um, the workouts about they're at training camp. They might it's know. just workouts. Like they have to sign the exhibit 10 contract, I believe. So they're like be would be another step that we would hear about. Uh, I do think it's interesting. Like, you know, I think it was Slater and Shams pointed out how they run this workout every year, sort of like bringing in some veterans. Uh, I think it'll probably end up being more interesting for down the line. You know, like if these guys stay free agents and, you know, something happens with the warrior spot, like, you know, I don't, I don't like, I don't want to speak any specifics into existence, but let's say that, you know, like, they, you know, fill out the roster and then suddenly like early on, they just find themselves without a guy. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think that's kind of tough because you, you might not see these guys right away, but you know, an RHJ who's a really accomplished defender, he's a versatile enough guy to fit in some different ways. Chuck, can, you, can you talk about him for a second, man? Cause I, I'm like, I know the, the body build, but I, I couldn't tell you anything about a guy's basketball player at this point. So everyone is kind of t- talking about him as like the, uh, Oh, that'd be a sweet pickup. Why is that? I don't know if it'd be like, it's not going to be, it, it would be a nice little pickup. It wouldn't be, you know, like some, it's not going to be a game changer. You know, that's why these guys are still free agents for the large part. I think he'd be a fun defensive piece uh, because he can switch around a decent amount, but he still has the strength to get after it down low. He's got some vertical explosion to be able to offer like a little bit of weak side help. Uh, he's got the wingspan to like disrupt things in the lane. So there's a lot of things you can do with him defensively. And this is a team accustomed to working with guys who are basically zeros at scoring the ball or who cannot space the floor at all. So they're used to running sets that can play off a guy who, you know, more or less like has decent passing chops, uh, but really just can't score the ball at all. So I think there's some precedent for a guy like that working. And then, you know, for a Ben Macklemore, it's just a good a good wing body who can hit a decent enough clip of threes. Uh, he took like six per game or something last year and hit like thirty seven percent. So, you know, that, always, that'll do. Always, always like those. So, yeah, Chuck, yeah, why yeah. why is why is Ronda Hollis Jefferson not in the league? I think it's just because he's a tough fit. You know, like I said, he's he's a really hard guy to fit into any system. Uh, especially like the Warriors being so unique in terms of how they run their offense makes him a lot easier to fit because you're not relying on this guy. You know, like it, even if he's spacing the floor, like he's still a passing and a cutting threat. Um, and he's going to be able to like run the DHOs with their guards. 
uh, he's going to be able to like set a lot more screens uh, in a lot more other offenses. You just see him spaced in the corners or screening on the ball for like pick and rolls. Uh, so not as much off ball stuff um, where he would be like able to use that passing skill, use uh, like the screen away strength instead of screening for the ball. So I think, think compared to Kaminga right now, who do you have as a basketball player? What'd you say? Him compared to not as a prospect, not as like a long-term fit, but as far as, you know, you toss these guys in the floor in a competitive game. Uh, do you have him or Kaminga as being a better player right now? Uh, probably Kaminga, I think, because Kaminga just sort of has like RHJ has come along as like a guy who just went from like having a bunch of tools to like actually finding a role and being able to like execute on it pretty well. He just doesn't have really the shooting or scoring talent that's going to consistently keep him around. Kaminga just has all the juice Mm -hmm. uh, going downhill. So like, he's such an explosive athlete too. Like RHJ is a nice one. He's just, you know, Kaminga is. He's top three athlete in the the league. Yeah. He's the ceiling athlete you get. And uh, I think he's, he's shown a little bit more shooting. Like Rondé is just, it's, it's not going to happen. Like there's no shooting there. It's, it's worse than Draymond uh, sometimes. Oh, that was my next question. Is there any like GP two corner three, uh, no, no, there's no. none of that. Like it's okay. bad. Uh, so that's the other thing I think, uh, doesn't really sort of mesh with the roster. Um, I'm sort of, I'm kind of interested too, with the Alfred Payton workout, because I think, I think that more just kind of points to like, you know, they, they know at least to some degree, they need to hedge their bets on the backup point guard because Ryan Rollins, I don't believe is healthy right now. Broken foot, right? Yeah, broken foot. And, you know, that's fine. Like we said, we're five weeks away from things starting, but training camp's going to ramp up within a month. Uh, you're you're going to start to have live action reps that he might be missing. Uh, you might have to go into the season without a backup. And, you know, foot injuries, especially for like a guy like that, who's relying on quickness, who's going up and down, you know, a decent amount, like those always have a chance of just getting complicated uh, getting ugly. So I think it's just smart to have backup bodies around, you know, you don't want to find yourself just looking around and be like, well, uh, let's see what Rondo's up to. I don't know. Has he signed with the team yet? <laughs> oh man. I don't know about that, dude. That would be, dude, he and Draymond would kill each other. There's, there's like some real synergy. Have that, have that like Ross Rondo bulls action potential there. And there's also some Rondo, just, just Dallas, corrupter uh, aspect yeah. got them as far as wings uh, guards bigs go is there a certain way you're looking or something you think the Warriors need to do or do any of those guys sound um, realistic targets for you or realistic you know hole fillers yeah I mean I really like Ben Maglore, um just because um, like Chuck said he's a good shooter um, kind of can defend um, at least I think he can defend um, and uh, just having guys like that is just always just a good commodity to have. But um, a guy I really want to see again make the roster is Quindary Witherspoon. I, I still think that um, just watching what he brought last season, just his energy, his athleticism, his ability to score, he's, he was a bucket in the G League, um, and he can defend. Um, the guy, uh, you know, showed flashes last season. I'd, I'd love to see him getting a chance, um, especially just with the way this roster is constructed right now. Um, I think that with the guys they have bringing in Jamichael Green, uh, Dante DiVincenzo. I think they have a, you know, solid rotation um, lined up right now. Um, but having a guy like Quindario on the roster, um, just uh, just having another athlete um, like a Wiggins kind of um, and a GP2 that we lost, um, I think would be uh, just a great fit. Um, and obviously Andre, I don't know. I still don't really have, have a read on what Andre's doing. Um, obviously, I think um, somebody came out in an article today, I think it was Slater, um, talking about how you know Steve Kerr and the, and the Warriors like OG core they want him back, um, and you know I like we said we've said it on the pod like we either way um, we'd be cool with it. Um, I think Andre's deserved a roster spot. I think he he brings a lot to the table, especially with guys going into contract years. Um, you know that's something that um, you know is going to be on the horizon just this entire season. Um, whether you know keeping it together, who's going to get the contract, blah blah blah. Um, that's a story for another day. And we got an entire year to talk about it, but. Um, I think just having a guy like Andre on the on the um, on the roster on with the team um, in guys' ears like Jordan Poole, 
Wiggins, uh, just kind of helping him through this uh, this thing. And obviously, we saw what he brought um, in a basketball sense, um, just over the playoff run. And um, obviously, I don't think Iggy on the roster is more so going to be in a in a player coach kind of in a vibe. But um, just with the talent they already have, I think that they can't afford it. Um, so having a guy like Quindary and then rounding it out with Andre, I think is uh, I think we'd be ready to go for this repeat run, man. I really like the way I, I love the Jamaican Green signing. Um, I think the Warriors needed another tough bet. Um, and they got that with uh, Jamaica Green. Um, to, and they and Dante DiVincenzo, I think, as well. I think he's going to have a good season. Um, he sounds like he's motivated as well coming off an injury. Um, so he's got a lot to play for. And uh, I think and we've seen it time and time again. Uh, guys looking to kind of resurrect their career with the Warriors. So I think we got two great guys um, uh, for, the, for the spots we lost. Um, and then we got the guys that won it last year. So uh, rounding out this roster is, is really just kind of picking at, um, you know, small, small, little, uh, small little details. But um, overall, I think I, I really like the way this team is shaping up going into um, – shout out the fire. I don't know if you guys can so, hear that. You're a little whistling. I like I like Quindary Weatherspoon a lot, or Quindari. Apologies for the mispronunciation. Mispre- well, I'm not going to say that word again because that's not going to go well. But um, <laughs> apologies to Weatherspoon, man. Uh, I think he has the shortest end of the stick possible for his ambitions right now, just in that uh, he's on a two-way. I don't think any team's going to pick him up in the meantime. Uh, he is good enough to be on an NBA roster on the back end, um, and the Warriors have control of him there. He's not going to be a playoff rotation player. So I think him making the roster would totally just be like, I really feel it would be a feel good, great story. And I think he totally deserves it. But I think as far as team control goes and um, a management aspect, they're going to save money by not signing him. We know this team yeah, is uh, pretending to be strapped for cash. Sure. So, sure. Um, and then I, I like that you brought up Andre. because we're going to get there eventually. And I think by the time or shortly after this podcast comes out, I think Andre on his own podcast will probably announce his status. Um, my guess is, first of all, he comes back. I think he's going to do one more year. I think it's pretty rare these days that athletes go into an offseason and then um, end up deciding not to come back. You can look at a lot of different guys. But usually if they haven't decided going into the offseason, they, they come back, I think. Yeah, well, that's the, the you know, pinnacle, right? Um, he is – Andre is kind of the ultimate pickup in a lot of ways because on those ninth step sits and pool starts, uh, he's a he's your backup guard. He's your backup point guard. Uh, that's right there. He's there for you, especially if Rollins, like Chuck was saying, is not physically ready or ready to play. Um, and then, hey, you know, 14th man, 15th man, that's still Andre Iguodala. He, he couldn't get healthy last year, and he couldn't move as well. And, you know, he's still the guy he couldn't shoot in his prime, consistently at least. It's it's gone now, right, for the most part. Yeah. But he can get out there on a, on a um, you know, a win at a certain moment and really – contribute a little bit, I think more than most 14 to 15 men can. So, Hey, if they, uh, snag Andre, they have Quindary on a Quindary. I don't know. I am. That's a weird <laughs> Irish accent thing going on, on a, uh, two way. And then they pick up one of, you know, Hollis Jefferson or Macklemore. I think, um, that's probably best case scenario. I have a shooter with some more wing depth. I think that's my, that's my preferred scenario. I think it's Andre being back. And I think he will be. And then one of, uh, Macklemore or, uh, Hollis Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. I think uh, I actually, if Andre is coming back, I think it should come with the caveat that Kunderi is at least getting a two-way. I think he's worthy of a full roster spot, but if you can get a player as good as him on a two-way, then, you know, by all means do it. Uh, It's a lot easier to convince a guy like him to do it than a guy who's, you know, coming off an NBA deal uh, like some of these other free agents you'd see. So... Uh, I, I think Andre, like he's still like a top tier guard defender. Like he can get out there. He can harass some guards. So Matt, you, like you said, he has that, he can be like the pinch hitter, you know, like maybe he comes yeah. in in a playoff game and literally plays like 20 seconds, you know, like it's they just, just like, stop out there and then he's back. Yeah. Out they again. just sub him in because they're up to, you know, late in a quarter and they need to get a stop. And that's fine, you know, because so much of the value is coming from him uh, being on the bench, like being in their ear, uh, which is awesome. Like, that's what you want from him. But there are also a lot of deficiencies. Uh, he's still he's still really, really good at what he does. Like his uh, his assist to usage rate was at one point eight this year, by far uh, the highest of his career, which I think just sort of like. That sounds really good on the surface, but it also points to like how much he was just deferring to playmaking. Like he didn't really have any scoring juice or uh, 
like ability to like cut to the rim left. So he just sort of deferred to passing and that's fine because all the, all the incredible scores on this warriors roster that helped turn that into a high assist figure. Um, but yeah, like the shot has gone lowest uh, points per shot attempt he's ever had. First time it's ever been under a hundred. Uh, so per a hundred shots, he's just, he's not even getting one point per shot, which is rough and get to the um, rack. He can't shoot, man. Yeah. And you know, that's, with, when you bring in other guys, I think that's where having the caveat of like bringing in Macklemore, I think would be a really solid way to address that 15th roster spot. Um, there's still, there's still some decent free agents. Like uh, I don't believe Jeremy Lamb has gotten a deal yet. He's a guy I'd really like to see the Warriors try to give a shot to um, because you can just never have too many wings, man. Uh, but I think, I think really what they should do is keep that 15th roster spot open, give Quindary the two way and see how things play out with Iggy. I get the feeling he's coming back at this point, but we saw it last year, you know, he would play a game and then he would be out of it for two or three games. And if that play a game, throw down a sweet dunk. And then uh, when he dunked it, he actually pulled his lat or like, yeah, and we don't see him for two months. And, you know, guys at this point where he's sort of, you know, in between, uh, like everyone, you know, rags on like Udonis Haslam, but like Udonis Haslam has just been healthy the whole time. So it's never really been a question of like, oh, you know, what is he doing? Like when they call on him, at least he can come out there and like do something. Uh, Andre's actually like in, you know, has been in rough shape. So uh, granted, you know, when I say Udonis Haslam goes out there and does something, uh, it's usually like, Gets a rebound and then punches a guy. <laughs> There's so, also that like incredible sequence where Hero throws him a lob and Haslam almost just tears both his Achilles going up. <laughs> that, <laughs> I don't know who threw that lob. It's but Tyler Hero, like, man. He's just he was tired oh of Haslam. Yeah. That's like endangerment or something. I don't yeah. know if that's like that's under the man. abuse, man. That's yeah, under dude. the abuse right there. That's worthy of a lawsuit, at least. Like, oh my god, you can't be doing that to Udonis. And you know he's, he's gonna want to go up and get it. Oh, oh uh, he, he got like a pebbles worth off the ground, man. It's uh, all it's, it's the hard, hard to watch. Yeah, still, she still got it. But yeah, I think having a guy like Quindary, uh <laughs> who has that juice at the rim. Uh, most of, you know, he obviously didn't play a whole lot last year, but most of his uh, offense came off cuts. Uh, and he was a 73% finisher at the rim, uh, got two thirds of his looks at the rim. So he's got a little bit of juice there. Uh, he's sort of got some ability to hit like little middies, um, especially from that, like right elbow. Uh, but the three point shot is still under 20%. So it's it's tough. All right, until say it again. Under twenty percent, he okay. shot nineteen percent last year. Uh, so Only one direction to go, my guy. So you're like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, see, that's what I was gonna say. Like, if he can even get that to twenty five, it's like, hey, you know, maybe someone will throw go. a closeout his way every once in a while, and and that's okay. That's all. That's all they need because he brings he brings the defense. He brings toughness. He gets out in transition and hustles and. I think he does really well to like fill in some of the gaps that uh, Iggy can't quite fill in anymore as he enters his uh, twilight years. Charlie, you said something earlier, man. You said Iggy wasn't looking so good or something along those lines. He's looking rough, you said. I want to be very clear. Uh, give me one physique on earth, man, and I'm taking Andre Iguodala's physique, <laughs> man. Uh, but on that hey, note, guys, if I'm taking one advertiser, Chuck, if I'm taking one advertiser, I'm taking Anchor. Okay, so on that note, We will see you after a short break from myself describing to you the greatest way to make a podcast. Thanks, guys. Yo, 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 guys. What is up? And welcome back to this episode of the Game Seeds Clay podcast. Um, Joining us after that just absolutely wonderful uh, transition onto that anchor uh, anchor ad, Uh, Matt in completely mid-season form, no training camp, uh, no season necessary. Matt is ready or playoff transitions. That was incredible, Matt. Well done. Um, like Clay's Matt, dunk first Cleveland, man. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just right back in it like nothing happened. Um, folks are rising the, uh, the shout-out game. Uh, but, gentlemen, as we kind of transition, we kind of start talking about it a little bit um, with the Warriors roster um, before that before that anchor break, um, just kind of how uh, we were feeling about it, um, what what the roster makeup was last fall, obviously. Kind of brings us to the bigger question, uh, which is, you know, um, 
what are the Warriors' chances coming out the West, man? Um, I think that, you know, there's a, there's some good teams uh, this coming in this season. You got Denver, you got L.A., um, Clippers, um, just for everybody wondering. Um, Denver, um, I, I think I said them just now. Denver. Um, Phoenix, Denver. I don't know if I mentioned them. Um, no, but there's a lot of there's a lot of good teams out uh, west. Um, obviously, um, you got some superstars in the making and on the come up, looking to you know kind of that are getting some playoff experience now. Um, and it's going to be a dogfight. But what uh, what do you guys think are the Warriors' chances uh, to defend that throne um, for the uh, seventh time in nine years um, coming out of the West? Obviously, they've run it for the past decade. Uh, but how are we feeling about this coming season, boys? So before we get into that, I'll just run through the odds. Uh, right now on uh, Vegas Insider, they just collect together a bunch of different sportsbook sites. Um, we got Warriors plus 300 as the favorites to come out of the West, shortly followed by the Clippers at plus 350, uh, Suns at plus 400. And then you kind of got the uh, the longer shots after that, Lakers plus 800, Nuggets 850, Mavericks 1,000. Grizzlies 1100 and then we start getting into the you know um probably I tend to I lose my my thoughts sometimes man you had like did you have Warriors Clippers and then Lakers or I just totally zone out and miss two teams Warriors Clippers Suns are the top three and then it gets into Lakers uh, are four hey that's good I mean now you bet okay yeah <laughs> that's a value bet if I ever seen one the Lakers are you know uh they have Russell Westbrook so there's that uh, still have Westbrook despite their best wishes. Um, I don't know they why they want to keep him, the... Charlie. Everyone knows they want to keep him. Yeah, no, obviously. <laughs> um, I mean, before even getting into the Warriors, I feel like outside of that top three group, like I feel like the Nuggets are probably the most likely team for me to come out of the West. Like you talk about a team that always puts up a fight in the playoffs, and they did not have Jamal or MPJ last year. Like. When when they get healthy and they get clicking, uh, if you know it's a big if if they can get healthy, but God, that team is so nasty and Jokic is so good. Uh, but I feel I feel like these are pretty fair. You know, like I feel like Warriors should be the favorites. Um, I think it's interesting too. The Warriors aren't even favorites to win their division uh, because you know we've sort of just seen. I mean, the you know the Suns are uh, are a regular season machine, and I think now we have two years of evidence of them not really performing up to that level in the playoffs. So I think it's more than fair to say, yeah, they'll probably win up a high fifties, you know, maybe 60 games again. And I don't even know if they make it to the conference finals. So uh, that feels fair. I think addressing the Clippers hype is what I want to get into. Cause like they are really, really, really good, but you know, it's a talented roster. It's a deep roster. They managed to win a lot more games than they should have last year, just off like sort of that floor that they have. Um, not only like with just uh, like coaching um, and just the, like overall culture, I think they've started to build there is really positive. They just bring in so many talented guys. Like Terrence Mann is so awesome. Uh, they brought brought in a lot of good free agent signings, but. Like when your core is two stars who just perennially need injuries to be managed, it's really just hoping that things line up. I mean, you know, Paul George being such a perimeter oriented player to have these like debilitating shoulder injuries is rough, man. And like Kawhi's legs just don't seem to be able to take the stress. You know, like if he'd be lucky to play 60 games in the regular season and that's just in the hope of keeping him ready for the playoffs. So I don't know, man. Like I, I like the Clippers as a talented team, but I think these odds are, you know, they're a little too sweet on paper uh, for what I think is going to happen. Cause this team is just, you know, they're just one injury away from going back into like a, a one and done in the playoffs. So I, I don't know why um, as fans, we tend to take and myself included, and I've done this in the last 24 hours, we tend to take title predictions like personally. So if someone says they pick the Clippers, I'm like, I actually feel upset. Like I'm actually, I'm like, it can be my favorite writers or podcasters. And I'm like, how could this person that I trust be so stupid? You know what I mean? That's what goes through my mind. So um, everybody and their mother is picking the Clippers these days. 
And Charlie kind of just broke down the case for it for the most part. I think it's a really good case. My my problem with this, though, the Clippers as favorites, and again, this doesn't need to be a problem thing. I'm turning it into a problem thing. Um, my, my issue with this is if we're playing the ifs game and if health is an if, the Warriors have the best ifs. I mean, I'm sorry, like they're their best six, seven, eight guys. You know, they're they're if their ifs work out, Steph's healthy, Clay gets better. Clay will get better. He's coming off year two of an injury. If Draymond stays healthy, he's the best defender in the world. Um, Jordan Poole takes a leap, which he probably will, right? Um, that's their he's the best backup point guard in the league, best backup guard in the league, and he's uh, you know, borderline all-star. Um, if Kuminga takes any kind of leap, you know, I just think the Warriors top guys. If you go top eight, nine, I think the Warriors are probably more talented than the Clippers. I think if you go 15 deep, the Clippers are ridiculous. They have uh, they have 14 starters. And all, like they, it's, a, it's a ridiculous amount of talent. I just think the Warriors have a higher upside. I think they have the best player, and I think their uh, their success is less contingent on health. I mean, ev- to be clear, everybody's success is contingent on health. I just think good health is more likely for the Warriors, and I think it is for the Clippers. And that's even with Clay coming back. And I want to take note real quick. I think Clay this season missed like one or two games from injury um, after he came back from the Achilles, which is pretty unheard of. Like look at Kevin Durant, for example, that first year he came back. I don't want to say he's, I don't think he's played more than 50 games since he came back from his injury. And that's yep. not to say he hasn't been incredible, but it's also just a testament to Clay's durability. And the guy, even in, you know, diminished and injured form is still pretty healthy. Led the Warriors in minutes in the playoffs. Um, Draymond coming back from back injury looked defensively mostly like himself. Okay. Offensively, uh, you know, that guy is, he's throwing darts, you know, but I just think this Warriors team is deeper. They have guys who are playing for a repeat for one, but also playing for their contracts for two, which can either be a curse or a blessing depending on how it goes. Um, but given the locker room, this team has, I trust them the most, I think, um, I haven't made it very clear. The Warriors might pick him out of the West again, um, barring, barring health. Uh, second part of this is, I can't name a guy who has come back from an ACL tear and it's a, it's an injury which the players come back from now and are generally there, you know, after a year or so after their comeback or back on track. But I can't think of a guy who's come back from that injury and been themselves the season they start. And that's clay. That's um, who I don't just Derek Rose never came back. Right. And granted, I think his ended up being a double thing going on afterwards, but even then he never reached anything close to what Derek Rose was. And my point in saying that, though, is just, yes, the Nuggets are nasty. They are deep. They added Bruce Brown. They added uh, KCP, which is – they're both awesome pickups, right? Um, but their point guard, who, if you want to be clear, he, he is freaking awesome. If, if Jordan Poole is Jamal Murray, we'll be thrilled. Uh, but Kyle has never been an all-star, never made an all-NBA team. He's really good. Michael Porter Jr. is coming off, you know, his fifth back injury since college. Um, if we're talking about, you know, ifs and buts, I think I think the two other teams are the Warriors' biggest competition. And Kawhi Leonard is also on that note as well. Sorry, Kawhi for the Clippers coming back from an ACL. He's 31, 32 now. Um, the guy's got he's got plenty of bodily issues. We haven't heard, I think, I don't think he's even scrimmaged yet, from what I understand, or played five on five yet. Um those those ifs to me are greater than the Warriors ifs. And I just think uh once push comes to shove the warriors have more leverage this year to rest their guys than they ever have they have no one coming off serious serious injury this year obviously clay is coming back but uh the guy looked he looked like he's finding a stride towards the end of the playoffs and again a full off season for a guy who uh is notorious for working his tail off it's gonna be awesome so again i just feel i feel confident again uh going into the season this is not a team that i think uh, charlie you mentioned it um, the Southwest Jazz are going to win a lot of games. Okay, that's the Phoenix Suns. For those of you who don't know your U.S. geography, come on. But, <laughs> um, you know, I think they'll win a lot of games. I think the Warriors will probably play Steph no more than 65 games. I think Clay will play no more than 65 games. I think Draymond will play no more than 65 games. Um, and I think they'll probably win between 50 and 55 games. Um, so, listen, going into the playoffs, there's no group I'd rather have. That's in the whole league, let alone the West. Warriors repeat barring, uh, you know, catastrophe, I think is, is on the way. Yeah, no, I'm with you guys. I think, uh, I am, I'm, I'm the homer on the show. I'm, I have, I have my utmost confidence in the Warriors come out the West. Um, like you said, Matt, I think, uh, just the upside that this roster has, I think is the highest in the, in the Western conference, just with how talented they are. And now coming off a championship, I just think the confidence is there. They know they can do this. They've done it. Um, they've beat some of these teams last season. 
Um, the the Clippers intrigue me again, but uh, for all the ifs that we were bringing up, um, I think they have obviously an incredible roster, and I think that a Warriors Clippers series would be incredible. Uh, I think that that would be a fun, hard fought series against two um, two grid teams, two well coached teams. Um, you know, Kawhi was the last guy to beat the Warriors in the series, um, so um, always got be wary of a guy like that. But again, I think having Steph Curry on this roster. Um, Built around with Draymond Clay coming off, like you said, just uh, having a healthy offseason for the first time in damn near three years. That's that's massive. Um, and Clay was finding his stride uh, towards the end of the finals, especially on the defensive end. Um, so if Clay comes back and has a great season, Wiggins was already making the jump in the playoffs with just the aggressiveness, um, rebounding defensively. Um, and I think he's just going to be. He's always he's always been a gifted scorer. Um, so that's going to be there. And Jordan Poole is going to be my biggest uh, breakout star of this season. Um, I think Jordan Poole takes the leap. Uh, the guy is the closest thing to Steph Curry that we have in the NBA right now in terms of a young prospect. Um, his ability to impact the game on the ball, off the ball. Um, he's a great passer, um, great shooter, can score from anywhere. Um, so I just think that the Warriors have have what it takes to, to repeat, uh, not only just come out of the West, but to win it all again. Um, and it starts with uh, it starts with the guys that, you know, Steph, Clay, Draymond, and I think – um, they're hungry. It's not that, you know, nobody, it sounds like everybody is ready to go, uh, ready to go and defend this title. And uh, I don't, until proven otherwise, nobody's been able to beat this team healthy um, in the Western Conference, at least um, for the last decade. Um, so yeah, Denver, Denver and LA would be my two teams that I, I would, I would want to see a series with. Um, I think that, like you guys said, the the injury bug is, is caught up with, uh, you know, all these guys, all these teams, uh, but the Warriors have the least, um, question marks in terms of guys coming off injuries like you said Matt, long-term stuff so um there's you know when people pick the clippers i mean go for it dude like i, I at this point i i could not give less of a shit what cal Colin cowherd or you know, first take has to guess about you know they're, they're just trying to get they're just trying to get clicks and you know picking against the, the rating chance probably gives you that so i think um, the thing too like if you look at you know the clippers are uh, we've said you know super talented top to bottom they have the high-end stars but it sort of feels weird saying that this is the reverse and that the Warriors have the upper hand here. But all of the perimeter players for the Clippers are old. Like the core perimeter players are old. Paul George, 32. Kawhi, 31. Uh, John Wall and Reggie Jackson, their core point guards, both 32. Nick Batum is 34. Marcus Morris is 33. Like Norman Powell is the spry guy of the group and he's 29. Uh, you got Robert Covington at 32. Like it's just, it's a lot of age to deal with. And even if these guys are on the floor, uh, they're still, you know, relatively diminished relative to their like complete athletic ceilings. So yes, they're still effective at what they do, but can they keep up with the size and speed combo that Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga present? Can they keep up with just, Jordan Poole's first step at all. Like, is there anyone at this roster who's capable of matching up with that over and over and over again? Because, you know, not only do the Warriors have skill and talent and the patient veterans uh, that you need to go deep, but they also have the horses to just throw out and throw different things at these teams and, you know, throw like a sort of different pace at this game because I think that's a legitimate concern with this Clippers team, you know, unless you have... Like, you know, Terrence Mann is great and he's young and he's athletic, but he's just one guy and like he can't really make up that gap all by himself. So you need some sort of breakout from really anyone else. You know, like you need a Brandon Boston, you need a mere coffee to step through. Uh, you need one of those guys to like really provide you some youth and some extra athleticism out there because it's it's tough you know like these are all really skilled and talented guys but the thing they lack is youth and uh they don't really have that kind of bounce anymore so um i think that's where the warriors really have an upper hand on this clippers team i also and, feel really good about just the sorry to cut you off Chef, just like the small ball aspect right i mean i'm sorry you still just can't like if anybody goes small that's one of the big arguments like hey the clippers can play they have the most versatile lineups like that is you can have you can have in any number of versatile lineups that's great if your best one is not as good as the other team's best one and you're playing small, it's not going to work. That's just how it's going to go. So Draymond at the five, yeah. it's just if the if the Clippers go Covington at the five, uh, Morris at the five, whoever it might be, that's the whole – that's what everyone's been going to recently, right? It's, um, I just – I think 
when push well, comes to shove and you're playing nine guys the in the playoffs. It's why the Warriors haven't lost in the Western Conference. They, nobody can beat them at their own game. Uh, going small, if you want to contend with that kind of lineup. And even then, I'm, like Looney as well now, Looney can play with four smaller guys. He can be the guy say, you can, you yeah, can use the Looney outside. as a five. You don't have to go small. Like, Kavon Looney can guard Marcus Morris. He can guard Robert Covington. And then he can still give you a huge advantage on the glass on both ends. 12 and 12, my guy. No, we aren't even talking Looney. about the two, our two young, uh, Kuminga and Moody, man. Like, those two guys, if, if they take the necessary steps that we think that they're going to make, they are more than more than capable to you know plug in the rotation, give you good minutes, um, and so like the just when you bring up these what ifs, it, it like you said, Matt, the Warriors have all the positive what ifs going for them, and uh, coming coming off a championship win like that to have this kind of a ceiling with the team, I don't know if we've seen it yet, and coming off of that 2015 to 2016 kind of is what that is what this reminds me of, and I think. With the second go around, with uh, coming off a championship, I think that they they they'll they'll play this the right way in terms of not burning out the guys, having young guys to kind of still learn how to go. Um, but yeah, I think uh, overall, man, I think we're all in agreement that the uh, that the Warriors are should be the favorites. Um, if everybody's not picking them uh, here on the Games' Clay Pod, we are uh, giving you guys the Warriors coming out of the Western Conference in 2023. Uh, but before we wrap up, gentlemen, uh, we obviously have a, our, our Twitter li- uh, followers, listeners. Uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying this episode so far. Uh, but uh, we want to know what you guys wanted to hear. Um, and, you know, uh, again, please keep sending us questions, um, ideas, thoughts for episodes. Um, we're all more than happy to, to, to give you guys what you guys want to hear. Um, so speaking of which, Alexis uh, Trujillo uh, told you I'd shout you out um, at Lex. True eleven. Um, she uh, dude, had a question. True, true, Jillo, dude. You grew up in California. Jillo, what did I say? Trujillo, oh, Trujillo. My bad. I, mean, I was just reading it. My bad, Alexis. I apologize. Trujillo. Um, good stuff, you go man. to Cal Poly for four years. And you, yeah, you that's Trujillo. Hey man, I was just reading it. My bad. Um, <laughs> uh, but Alexis, thank you for your question. Uh, but her question is uh, about Gui Santo, Gui Santos, um, and. Oh, uh, no. t- talking about he's uh under contract to 2024 will he be uh will he be here in um in the golden state warriors uh system in their in their farm system or will he be back in brazil um that's what i say that's why i love warriors fans uh some of these warriors fans um like alexis because uh it, getting a key santos question um on our first pod back i uh, couldn't thought of that and that's just yeah, that's, that's the kind of stuff we love yeah. that's the kind of stuff we love that's that's pure hoops right there. Um, shout out, Alexis. Thank you for your question. Uh, but, Chelsea, you are our in-house uh, young guy, draft guy. Uh, you know, kind of know know everything about him. So I'll let you answer this mm-hmm. one, man, and then bring us home. Yeah, so there are a couple things standing in the way of that. Uh, the first, uh, sadly, like a lot of things with this Warriors team in a very you know, convoluted sense is money. Uh, it's really funny that a team that spent like – $300 million or whatever on their roster last year. And it's going to spend God knows how much this year uh, is getting crap for not wanting to pay like $3 million buyouts, uh, you know? Um, but it, it sounds like according to what the golden state cap guys and uh, especially the GSW Reddit guys, shout out to them. They always do great work on digging up this info. Uh, it sounds like the, uh, it sounds like the buyout would be pretty prohibitive right now. It just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. It's going to come down a lot next year. And it just makes a lot more sense to have him develop down there. Uh, going to the second reason, uh, which is this. He doesn't look like a guy who is going to get one of these roster spots right now. Um, he's He's a really talented athlete. We saw that, especially in the first part of Summer League. He put up 14 points a game in that early stretch. Uh, he was showing a lot as a driver, like just the way he can attack closeouts. He's so smooth. He's got a lot of balance. Uh, he's about roughly six, eight, 200 pounds. Like he's got a really good frame for getting to the rim, uh, getting his shot when he wants to, and he can make a large variety of shots. You know, he showed a nice little step back to, uh, hit about 40% of his deep shots, um, in that early part of the summer league. So there's some interesting things there. Uh, and, the the tough part is, you know, you kind of saw in the second part of Summer League where 
where it can go poorly. Uh, he just got super careless with the ball. He had roughly three times as many turnovers as assists, uh, you know, just kind of driving relentlessly and uh, really get just trying to get after as much as he can. Surely on instruction from the coaching staff, you know, it's not like he was doing these things aimlessly. They probably just said, hey, we want to see these things from you, you know, go out there and do it. Don't worry about the result. Just do these things. Um, but, you know, it sort of reminded me of like the early season Kamingo when we saw where he would be so aggressive and he'd want to get downhill and get to the rack, but he would just like, you know, fumble the ball on the carry or like, you know, spank it off his thigh and have it go out of bounds, like little things like that. And I think to expect the kind of development that we saw from Kamingo from going from like unable to drive at the beginning of the season to being like a menace going downhill by the end of the year uh, was is not something you can really expect out of Gee. So that's why that's why I think he's more conditioned to uh spend another down year down there in Brazil. Um as as great as he looked at points in that summer league, he just hasn't really put up like the dominant type of figures you'd want to see from a guy uh who you're gonna bring over to the league. Uh he's only ten points per game uh last year in his major competitions uh, in Brazil uh, shot about 43% from the field, 30% from deep. He's always been inconsistent from the line. So I think you're just looking at a guy who needs more seasoning and they have no reason to rush him. And they also really don't have the playing time to give him. So I think really paying all that money uh, would not be a great idea to bring him onto the roster. Uh, But I think it'd really be doing him a disservice to make him, you know, the 15th man at, 20 years old when he needs to be playing every available minute of basketball that he can. Yeah. Well said, Jack. I mean, I don't have anything to add, man. I think uh, just the, the warrior, I mean, overall, like I, we have no one like you, Chuck, we need you, man. The warriors aren't going to use a spot on a guy. That's like you just described basically, right. A guy who's not ready to go. They're not going to use a roster spot on him right now. Yeah. And you know, even if like we saw with Kaminga, he wasn't ready to go at the beginning of the year and he became very much ready by the end. But that still wasn't a guy that they trusted in the playoffs. Uh, You know, he got some minutes, but he wasn't like a core part of the rotation. So I think they're looking at this and saying like, hey, we got to, you know, we got to tighten things up. Like we got to make sure that we're using all of these guys, uh, all of these spots uh, as we can on guys that we trust because we've made a lot of investment in the youth. And, you know, with Kaminga, Patrick Baldwin, uh, Moody and Wiseman all on the roster, uh, then, you know, if you add a fifth sort of young guy there, then you're really sort of, you're putting yourself between a rock and a hard place. Cause you know, eight or nine man playoff rotation, you better hope everyone's healthy or you're going to put That's all you have. Yeah. Position. Chuck, I want to ask you real quick before we get out of here. Um, uh, PB and J man, what are we, what are we thinking? I, I like what they did there. I think, you know, when you're, when you're picking that late in the draft, you know, we've seen them hit home runs and we've seen them have busts. I like the idea of buying low on a guy who uh, I'm not sure if you guys are totally familiar with, the, you know, that he went to like a very mid-major oh, school at yeah. UWM because his dad was there. Um, you know, a decision I'm sure a lot of people would, would have made. And, you know, with knowing that he was a high pedigree recruit, he knew he was going to the league anyways. So I don't think going to that school uh was really that hard of a decision for him and he dealt with a whole bunch of lower body injuries which is a six foot ten movement shooter is brutal uh it just really sucks but um i've seen a lot of inspiring stuff like stuff that where you can really see him working into this roster especially when he gets into a rhythm like they're just guys where at that height if he just has a capable shot like he has a release point that very few can affect. So it's so much of it is up to his own confidence. And I think when you're playing with the Warriors, you know, if you're if you're a good off-ball shooter, you're going to get good looks. And if those looks start to fall and he starts to build that confidence, then he could really turn into something. And I think, you know, it it's not the it's not the pick that's going to pay off all the time, but when you see, you know, sort of the core of talent that this team has built already, I think, you know, when you don't have that high end draft capital and you've already used it on a guy on a few guys who, you know, it looks like you're going to get at least one or two really solid players out of that group. Uh, you go ahead and take some shots. You know, you take the shot that Patrick Baldwin can get healthy and uh, recover 
the unbelievable shooting that he showed in high school. And you take the shot that Guy Santos can, you know, find himself a defensive role and clean it up as a playmaker and maybe get a little better as a shooter. Uh, so I think that's what I'm excited for is just, you know, we're not going to see Guy until next year, uh, but PB and J like, if he gets healthy, you know, I don't think we've, I don't think it's been officially like redshirted, you know, he's done. That seems like it could be a likely scenario, but we haven't, you know, there's nothing we've seen that rule him out, you know, getting some spot minutes like down the stretch if he's healthy and uh, you know, they're blowing some team out or getting blown out, whatever it may be, you know, like he's a guy who we could see and uh, you know, I'm excited for that, man. It's cool. It's just cool having all this talent uh, waiting in the wings and, knowing that we have championship ready guys right now and that we have all of this, all of this potential waiting. Uh, I think after, I think after PB, he was PBJ was one, like number one of the number one recruits going in uh, to college. Number yeah. Two. Number two. So like they, they capitalize on that talent and, you know, it's, it's sort of the process they went through with Wiseman where they're like, Hey, you know, injuries plus shit happens equals this guy is undervalued. Uh, and it didn't work out that time, but we'll see this time. I hope this time we man. will see. I mean, Chuck, I, that was a body and a half, man. I think uh, Alexis. <laughs> hopefully, uh, Chuck, Chuck, to carry your questions. Uh, our thoughts are all aligned. But uh, wonderful, wonderful way to close us out there, Chuck. Hit him with the night, night celebration uh, for those of you that are listening. Um, and I don't think we're posting this on YouTube, so Chuck just hit the <laughs> night, night, and uh, rightfully so. That was beautiful. Uh, but yes, thank you so much, guys, again for listening to this episode. Um, it's been a minute, like we said on the beginning, but uh, you know, we are excited. Um, new season ramping up, um, and with that comes new ideas, new content. Um, we uh, will be dropping a lot more of these on YouTube. I think that's something we want to start getting going. You guys can put um, a face to the name. Um, we said it before on there, man. We got we got some pretty good faces for us. It's fun to look at on the Zoom when we're talking. Uh, some pretty aesthetically pleasing uh, things. I think you guys can enjoy it with the sound as well. Um, but before we get out of here, as always, Matt, Charlie, uh, any shout outs that uh, you guys wanted the people to know? Uh, I've been a little struggle uh, with on the writing front, uh, given the whole. Uh, Charlie cut his life. finger open, by the way, everybody. Yeah, uh, big time sliced my finger open. Uh, folks, if you see a bike brake spinning really fast, don't put your finger anywhere near it. Uh, it's going to get gonna get sliced pretty good uh but that has sort of affected the writing um but still coming at it with a uh, chapter three of my nelly ball series coming this week uh we will see when i'll be able to get to writing all of the warriors portions but i have all of the film cut through 1995 uh it's a beautiful thing uh ranging from uh really solid like 90s vintage quality to like uh, VHS tape that was found out in the woods like 10 years ago. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, it's been cool. So, you know, check that out as always, uh, at Claytheus 11, uh, would be having chapter three of that up soon. Probably there's no yeah, one, well, no one, man. That is true, true love of basketball. I, I love it. <laughs> uh, you guys should check it out. Charlie's, uh, first two pieces were great. I'm always just surprised when we see you, man, you're, you don't have a beard going down to your, your waist, man. That's what always so I'm expecting to see. Yeah, just <laughs> sinking well. Yeah. yeah, just yeah. halfway down my chest. <laughs> right, guys, next next pod, we're excited, man. We had this idea um, a few weeks Matt ago. Matt had right? this idea. Let's give him a call. Yeah, team, yeah. team idea. But uh, we had an idea, though, where, uh, you know, in honor of the Warriors, essentially being uh, in, in 10 years of, you know, uh, consistent playoff uh, contention and title contention. If you go back to their first playoff run, beating Nuggets in this last run, um, win the title, that's that's that marked 10 years of the Warriors being a pretty uh, consistent, legitimate franchise. So in honor of that, to kind of have fun with that, we're going to have a, a player draft uh, coming up of uh, just eight to nine man rosters of the Warriors, you know, best players over the last 10 years. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be a really good time. Um, I think you guys will enjoy it. Stay tuned for the number one pick. It'll be a big surprise. Oh, yeah. Um, Kevin Durant. Mo uh, Buckets, kidding. man. Just kidding. Mo <laughs> Buckets for sure. Um, yeah, guys, thank you so much again. Um, my shout-out again is the next episode. Um, we're super stoked for it. I think it's going to be fun. Um, a lot of us this last decade has been, like, growing up. So we've grown up watching the Warriors and them rising to the top. Um, a lot of fun players in that. So um, let me know. I mean, hey, let us know. Uh, shoot us uh, some some follows. If you, you guys got a eight, nine-man roster that you want to see, the perfect – fantasy draft 
Um, we'll see. Uh, but other than that, my shout out is for the 49ers. Um, go Niners! Uh, season back on. Tough loss in a uh, rain filled game. Uh, they don't tough deserve loss, your kind words. It's Seattle. It's Seattle weekend. It's Seattle week. Um, but let's kick the season off. NFC West lost all the way. The season starts this weekend. Uh, let's be Seattle. But other than that, guys, thank you so much for watching, listening. Uh, we appreciate you as always. And until um, next time, uh, we'll see you then. Peace. State Warriors advance to their fifth consecutive Western Conference Final for the second straight year. They eliminate the Rockets here in Houston as they take this series in six games and they win game six without Kevin Durant. Just a painful way to end the season once again for Chris Paul, James Harden, and the Rockets.